The views and opinions of the following show do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of News Talk 1450 WOL, Radio 1 Incorporated, or their management. Is the Uncle Devin's show. Come on, Uncle Devin's show. Do you want to have some fun? Yeah, yeah. You want to learn something too? Yes, we do. Now, this is what you do. Tune in to the Uncle Devin's show. Do you want to have some fun? Yeah, yeah. You want to learn something too? Oh, yes, we do. Now, this is what you do. Tune in to the Uncle Devin's show. Gather around everybody. Got something I want you to know. It's 2020. Do you have any 2020 vision today? Welcome to the Uncle Devin Show. I am your host. And you know, it's an honor again to be here, to be over the airwaves here in Washington, D.C., to be able to come and talk to you about some very important issues that we want to bring to you. So we hope you had a wonderful weekend. Uh, Today's show is brought to you by I Am We Nation Radio. 24-7 24-7 online music radio station that provides global beats for little feet. The best in family music. Just tune into IamWeNation.com. That's IamWeNation.com. And that's right. And I am Uncle Devin, your, the children's drum cushionist. And if you ever want to find out more information about me, just go to I am We Nation. That's I am We Nation. Uh, I said I am Nation. Listen to me. Go to the Uncle Devin Show. That's the Uncle Devin Show, where we uh, and the Uncle Devin Show is an interactive musical experience for children that uh, pretty much uh, provides. Uh, I guess we use drums and percussion to cultivate a child's mind, sort of a dynamic cross between DC's trouble funk and schoolhouse rock. Uh, and uh, we do all t- sorts of things. I'm in schools right now doing assemblies, workshops, residencies. We do live performances. Uh, we're in theaters. We're in museums. We're um, setting up a, a, actually a little country tour now. Uh, we're going to try to get, get, out, get out and see the uh, uh, take our show on the road, as we say. So uh, if you want to reach us, just reach us out at uh, theuncledevinshow.com or drum at theuncledevinshow.com. I am honored to be here today with you. Um, we got a very important, very, very important uh, conversation today. Um, uh, there is uh, a proliferation of sex trafficking and sexual exploitation taking place uh, throughout the world, but certainly here in the United States. But more importantly, um, you know, the impact that this is having on children, uh, children who come into this world uh, and are, are being exploited. And today's conversation uh, is centering around that. Now, if you want to join our conversation, um, and I welcome you to call in, uh, it's a very heated topic, and we're going to spend the entire hour focusing on it. Um, We're going to, uh, you can call us at 1-800-450-7876. That's 1-800-450-7876. And uh, you can... Uh, get in contact with us and let's talk a little bit about about this. And today, my guest is calling all the way from Los Angeles, California. Uh, she is the executive director of an organization called Journey Out, uh, which is a, a Los Angeles-based nonprofit uh, leading the fight for the freedom and survival of all those whose lives have been destroyed by sex trafficking and commercial 
sexual exploitation. And I'm welcome and, and, and I'm grateful to be able to, uh, to welcome to the Uncle Devin Show, Dr. Stephanie Powell. Welcome to the Uncle Devin Show. Good morning. How are you? Doing wonderful. How about yourself? I'm good. I can't complain. Oh, wonderful. Well, thank you for taking some time out uh, to speak with us and uh, for the very important work um, that you and your organization do. And, and before we get into that, tell the audience a little bit about yourself. I know you, you live in uh, California. I don't know if that's where you originally are from and how'd you end up there. Or Just tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, so I'm born and raised in Los Angeles, third generation, believe it or not. That's kind of unusual. Um, I have done a variety of, of work. I was a uh, uh, Los Angeles Unified School teacher for about five years, and then I became a Los Angeles police officer and did that for 30 years. Wow. Um, in my time of doing that um, for the 30 years, when I, uh, right before I retired, I was a vice sergeant. So LAPD Vice deals with um, prostitution, uh, anything dealing with alcohol beverage control, um, and it's an undercover assignment. It was um, through my um, work as a vice sergeant that I started realizing um, that the people that I was arresting for prostitution, there were some that were being forced into it. So in other words, it was pimp-driven um, type prostitution, I noticed that a lot of um, the arrestees were, they all had the same stories, and the same stories doubled back to things like um, poverty, marginalization, poor education. Um, and they had been out there working since the age of either 12 or 13 years old. Mm, Then I started really paying attention Mm -hmm. to this whole thing of human trafficking. Now, keep in mind, I retired about six years ago, so that kind of gives you kind of an idea. Once I retired, um, I wanted to volunteer for the organization that I now lead because Journey Out's been around for almost 40 years now. Okay. Okay. And I wanted to volunteer there, and they had an executive director spot open. I am a doctor of um, education and organizational leadership. So it became the perfect fit. You know, I had the uh, the ability and academic knowledge to lead an organization, as well as having some background in the whole issue of human trafficking. Wow. So when you uh, got your Ph.D., you were uh, was that at the time when you spent the 30 years in, in the police force? Were you doing that simultaneously or did you do that before? Yeah, I did it while I was a vice sergeant. Wow. I actually what I would do because we would get off at two, three o'clock in the morning. I would sometimes drive to uh, school and just sleep in the parking lot till it was time for class. Got to get it in. You know what? Whatever it takes. And I, and I hope <laughs> a lot of people, especially some of the young people, understand and listen to the fact that you got to do what you got to do um, if you want to reach your goals. And um, so so thanks for even sharing that. So let's talk a little bit about Journey Out. Um, I know it's, a, you know, according to your site, it's a is committed to meeting the ongoing challenges facing victims of commercial sexual exploitation. We hear that term all the time. How do you how is it really defined? Do you believe that it's uh popularly popularly understood? Um what are some of the misconceptions of it? Um how would you describe sexual um commercial sexual exploitation? So I'll give just a, a, an example and this is a small example of let's say um Let's say that the strip clubs, just as an example. Uh-huh. So you might have someone who willingly is, is stripping, but all they want to do is strip. They don't want to work the back room. Uh-huh. But yet someone coerces, so it's the coercion piece. 
right. coerces them, talks them into working that that back room. So it's the idea of, okay, you're already in that situation anyway, so I'm going to coerce you to take it or talk you into or pressure you into taking it just one step further. Okay. So that would be an example of, um, of sexual exploitation. Okay. Because not everyone who's working the strip clubs are buying into uh, sexual acts in the back room. That's right. So then what is sex trafficking? So sex trafficking, according to the Victims Protection Act, and this is, this is a federal definition, is forced prostitution in which you have the elements of force um, and coercion. Uh, so that would be uh, an example of what human trafficking is. So when we see prostitution out on the tracks, right. um, that for some, that's the end result of what we see of someone being forced out onto the street. And what that force may look like, you may even have someone who may be coerced into doing it and say, okay, I, I can do this because of the poverty thing or, you know, the person becomes the boyfriend and talks them into doing it. But then the problem comes is when they're ready to leave. Mm-hmm. And if they are forced to stay out there, that's human sex trafficking. Human labor trafficking, which is also something that is, is real, um, also deals with those same components of um, force or um, or coercion as well, where you're being forced into um, into working. Okay, and but that work is not necessarily sexual. It, sometimes it intermingles. Okay, okay. Like let's say you have the uh, woman who is forced to be the nanny. Mm-hmm. You're right. Right, and you have in in some cases, not all, but in some cases, you can have the intermingling of the two where she's the nanny and she's also being forced into um, prostitution. So is is there really a distinction between sex trafficking and prostitution? Are they separate? Are they kind of commingle? Can they be separate? I'm not, I'm still trying to understand. So uh, here's the difference. Mm-hmm. With human trafficking, you are forced into okay. prostitution. So the, so the optimum word is being something it's that you're forced, forced or coerced forced into. Or co- yeah, and that force can also be done by coercion. So it doesn't have to be where someone is beating you up and making you do it, it or that, that does happen, but where they're being talked into doing it, Okay. that coercion piece. And, I, and I, I also want to preface this with the average age of entry for, um, um, for um, sex-related human trafficking is between the ages of 12 and 14 years old. For African-American girls, it's 11. And so at Journey Out, we um, focus on the adult victims of human sex trafficking because often they get forgotten because people will say, okay, well, um, she's an adult. How can she still be forced? How can she not get out? Mm-hmm. Well, my answer to that is, one, the adults that we deal with, some of them might be 20, 24 years old, but they've been in a life since they were 12, 13 years old. Right. So that's right. that, and then so that's the disturbing portion of this. Well, and I think that um, you know the 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 whole topic, and, and I'm glad you even mentioned that sometimes the adult population gets overlooked. Um, is there a lot of attention being placed on those children? Um, you know, you said the earliest ages in in the African American community can be as early as 11, or the average age is 11. Uh, is 11. 
uh, which means if it's the average age, that means there are also some that are getting into it even at a or being forced into it at a at a much younger age. I have had phone calls from social workers where they've had um, girls as young as seven being pimped out by um, by fathers. So I I want to say too that when you talk about the trafficker, um, it may not be someone who is the the complete stranger. So sometimes when we think of human trafficking, we think of the movie Taken. Yes. Um, I would say about only one percent of people that are forced into human trafficking are um, are kidnapped. Wow. Uh, the majority of them are being pimped out by people they know. Hmm. Either someone who becomes a boyfriend uh-huh. or someone who um, who is a family member. Right. You know, I've, we've had girls that have been pimped out by grandfathers and, and uncles. And also the other um, um, misleading thought process is that um, that it is men that are the pimps. There, we've had cases here in Los Angeles. We just had um, a woman that was convicted for pimping girls in South Central L.A. Right. Um, so it's not just men. It's not just African-American men. Um, mm-hmm. This is an issue that really stresses, stretches across social economics as well as race. Okay. In fact, and Dr. Powell, I'm going to put you on hold for one moment. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back, and we want to talk a little bit about, I understand that D.C. has a law where they're trying to, um, I, I guess, make sure that prostitution is no longer illegal. I want to talk a little bit about that. You're listening to The Uncle Devin Show here on WOL. Don't go anywhere. <laughs> Right, welcome back. This is Uncle Devin, the children's drum cushionist, and welcome back to WOL, 1450 AM. Uh, my show is dedicated to eradicating what I call music adultification. You know, there's a process out here where we force our children to listen to inappropriate adult music instead of providing them with age-appropriate and culturally relevant music. Well, we do that at the Uncle Devin Show and through I Am We Nation. Uh, and the emphasis there is that at, at an early age, young children and families uh, look at especially black children as more grown than maybe their white counterparts Um, we look at them as more sexual um, uh, you know the, the the term I use I said music adultification the word adultification I took from a Georgetown University study that said that Black girls are viewed as more mature and are uh, subjected to more discipline and looked as as, as being more sexually ex- uh, aggressive than um, their white counterparts. And I know that that leads us, that that's a direct connection to what we're dealing with with sexual uh, trafficking. And so before we went on to the break, uh, my guest right now is Dr. Stephanie Powell. She's the executive director of an organization called Journey Out, based uh, a nonprofit based out of uh, Los Angeles. And we, I was asking you about the you know, I know in Washington, D.C., uh, that the the city council is considering, uh, I guess what they call legalizing prostitution. And I want to use that to talk. What do you know about that? And um, how does that relate to this whole topic of uh, human sex trafficking? So it's to my understanding, and it's not just in Washington, D.C. It's a conversation that's happening across the country. Um, I believe Vermont is looking at a bill. 
Um, also, New York is looking at one, and and it's a conversation that's also um, happening here in California. And what they're looking at is the decriminalization of prostitution. And one of the things that they talk about is that it's supposed to help alleviate the issue of human trafficking. Um, however, it does not, mm-hmm. because when we talk about human trafficking, again, we're talking about forced prostitutions, forced prostitution. Survivors of human trafficking are um, against decriminalization of um, of prostitution as well, because now um, when you decriminalize it, that means pimps aren't going to jail. Now they become the promoters. If you look at countries um, that uh, that where uh, human trafficking is legalized. I'm sorry, where um, prostitution is legalized, it has not stopped human trafficking because you could force someone still into prostitution, have them jump through all the legal hoops, put them in the window, and, yeah, what they're doing is legal, but if they're there by force, it's forced prostitution. Mm. Also, when you look in um, at some of these countries, the ones that are out there, the ones in the window look different than the girls that are out on the street. The ones that are out on the street that are forced into prostitution are going to be your Eastern Europeans and those from your African nations. So it doesn't stop forced prostitution. If anything, what happens, you talk about supply and demand. So if you legalize something, there's going to be more of a demand for it. If you don't have enough people to be able to uh, fill that uh, demand, then you're going to have to force people into it in order for these pimps or promoters to make money. So it's something that needs to be um, um, looked at. One of the things inside some of these bills that are good, and I believe it's true with the one that's in Washington, um, where it does help those that are um, being arrested for prostitution to help them um, get remove their um, um, various criminal penalties. Also what it does do is if someone um, that is a a sex worker, not forced, but a sex worker who witnesses a crime, they could come forward without being arrested Mm. for, um, Mm -hmm. for prostitution. I can imagine though, those who may be um, um, uh, in the country illegally dealing with this issue. uh, Do do you know whether this law addresses anything, any any type of, um, the waiver for them if they come forward and and, and discuss this in, in any way? So I know here in, in Los Angeles what happens is that we will have some people that are from um, outside of the country illegally. Uh-huh. And, but, however, they are um, brought into the country for the purposes of forced prostitution. Um, when they make a report, um, we at, at Journey Out, as well as other organizations, not only in California but across the country, help them get what they call a T visa, which will allow them to stay in the country, in the country a little longer um, and the purpose is is for them to not get deported and be able to testify in court against their trafficker. Okay. So you started to talk a little bit about Journey Out. So, so that's one of the ways that you help. Talk a little bit more about what you all do at Journey Out to be able to help uh, victims of uh, sex trafficking and sexual exploitation. So at Journey Out, you know, one of the things I am proud to say is that half of the employees there are survivors of human trafficking. Because I think that um, for um, a victim of trafficking to to come in, um, he or she is going to feel a lot more comfortable 
and feel like there's less judgment if they're talking to someone who has had the same lived experiences. What we do there is a couple of things. One is um, we provide, um, we find housing, um, education, anything that's going to help that individual um, be able to get out of this life of, of violence and captivity and be able to move on with their life. So whatever that may be. If they are, um, even if they're arrested for prostitution, and I'm talking about the adults now, and, and, and let me just say this as a caveat. Uh-huh. Um, one of the things, one of the pushes that is, is really great is that they, across the country, law enforcement is, should not be arresting um, uh, um, minors for, prostit- for the crime of prostitution. Because if you cannot legally um, and minors cannot legally um, consent to sex, right. they should not be arrested for prostitution. Right. So I wanted to throw that out there. Mm-hmm. But as an adult, if an adult is arrested um, for, for prostitution, they can go through our diversion program um, at Journey Out. And what that does, they will do 8 to 18 classes. Once those classes are done, then that particular case is dismissed. So that would be considered a post-booking diversion program. Uh-huh. What we're now doing um, through our city attorney's office is a pilot program that is pre-booking. So what is happening is someone is arrested for prostitution and they want to go through what we, what we label our beacon program, there will never be a history of that one arrest if they, will, if they finish our um, diversion program. Um, mm classes and what the diversion classes really are Uh are an empowerment group okay and that empowerment group is led by survivors so we do that we go out on the tracks and we give out information not only on our organization but others if there's a victim of human trafficking and they want to go back home um we will get them back home and back home might be ohio it might be san francisco Uh so those are the little things that we do we also um i am heavily involved because i think it's really important um i go across the country and i teach law enforcement um how to take more of a victim-centered approach when they get victims of of human trafficking um along with hospitals any first responder, anybody that is going to um, deal with that person while they're still in captivity. Mm. Because understanding that through forced prostitution, you are really are a victim of crime. Well, you know, one of our uh, listeners that's following us on our Facebook Live uh, says that we know that the history suggests that this is not new behavior. Uh, for example, um, dealing with sexual or victimization, especially when it relates to children. Um, you know, of course, child brides, child labor, or just por- pornography and uh, child sacrifice. Uh, the question is, is there research that looks into the psyche of individuals or family members that victimize children uh, that that victimize children by sexual exploitation? And I know you deal more with the adults, but do you know whether or not there are any 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 research that may focus on the victimization the, the victimized children by sexual exploitation um, you know there's sense. there's a lot of research that is out there, and one of the things that um uh, we also look at, at at journey out because even though we have the adults, we know that for some of them um, their issues did not start at the time that they were trafficked that mm-hmm. there were other issues that made them vulnerable to trafficking. One of the um, studies that I would encourage people to look at is the adverse childhood experience, adverse 
childhood experience, also known as ACEs. Mm-hmm. Um, when you look at ACEs, it talks about things like, for instance, if you had a, um, a parent who was suicidal, for mm-hmm. instance, um, that would be considered one ACE score. So, and then those are things that will, can affect you later on in life. And so it's, it's, what it is, it's a questionnaire that people will fill out, and they will look to see how many ACE scores they have. When they look to see the amount of ACE scores that they may have, you will find that um, it, it can shorten one's life, it can affect one's health, and it also affects their quality of life as an adult. Mm-hmm. Interesting enough, that ACE um, questionnaire was done in San Diego, here in California, for Kaiser patients. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're talking about middle, upper middle class, working people with Kaiser insurance. Mm-hmm. The question became, hmm, if their ACE scores are high, what is happening in urban communities? Hence the development of the urban ACE test, or it's called the Philadelphia um, study. Mm. And that it looks at um, uh, urban populations, which would be people of color, mm. and they add questions that would be more relevant to them. Okay. When you look at things like historical trauma, generational trauma, those type of studies, mm-hmm. that talks about um, the research that uh, she's asking. Okay. In fact, we're going to take another quick break. And when we come back, I want to talk about the safe harbor laws. Safe harbor laws and, and how does that imply to what we're talking about. You're listening to The Uncle Devin Show on WOL 1450 AM. Don't you go anywhere. Welcome back. This is Uncle Devin with the Uncle Devin Show, a show dedicated to uh, what we call eradicating music adultification. That is forcing uh, 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 to eradicate the forcing of our children to listen to inappropriate adult music, which oftentimes has sexual implications. And something, you know, in my conversation uh, yesterday with Dr. Powell, she helped me to come up with a term which is very important, how we normalize certain behavior early in children. Um, I remember seeing a video not too long ago um, where someone thought that it was great to show a two-year-old twerking it with a whole bunch of two- to three-year-olds surrounding them throwing money at her. Mm. Um, you know, um, we, we we talk about dropping it like it's hot, and we talk about all these different things that we think is cute to get children to do, and we don't realize that we're normalizing this behavior um, in our community. Passion. Different things that we think is cute to get children to do. And we don't realize that we're normalizing this behavior um, in our community. My guest today is Dr. Stephanie Powell, the executive director of Journey Out, based uh, a nonprofit based out of uh, Los Angeles, uh, California. And we're dealing with the issue of sex trafficking and sexual exploitation. And uh, we're covering a lot, uh, but I know that you mentioned a lot even right before we went to the break, and I mentioned that I want to deal with the uh, safe harbor law um, to t- talk about that. And then we're going to move into talking a little bit about the, I call it the disparaging uh, statistics about the number of blacks that are arrested compared to the, the rest of the population 
uh, in this this particular area. What is the safe harbor uh, laws? So what the, um, the safe harbor law does, and some states have adopted it, some states have not, but it looks at um, children that are being exploited for the purposes of commercial sex and how they're treated. Uh, so under federal law, a child under 18 years old that is induced in um, providing commercial sex um, is a victim of trafficking and should be treated as such. Um, and so also such laws criminalize adults that have sex with children under statutory rape laws. And I'm going to show you, tell you what that looks like. And it goes back to what you were talking about mm-hmm. in terms of um, seeing, especially African-American um, girls, as being adults. Mm-hmm. So if you um, have someone who gets caught having sex with a, um, uh, a victim of human trafficking, who let's say who's 12 years old, but she may look older, um, often that person could say, hey, I didn't know that she was 12 years old. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not for you to know whether or not she's 12 years old. The problem is that you're out there buying sex, and oh, by the way, she is 12 years old. And so, honestly, that person should be hit with um, statutory rape, having mm-hmm. sex with um, a minor. Mm-hmm. But what ends up happening is he just gets arrested for the misdemeanor of, um, of um, uh, either lewd act in public mm-hmm. or um, buying, um, you know, sex for the purposes of prostitution. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, it, that's how our girls, unfortunately, kind of get caught up in this is because they may say, okay, well, you know, he didn't know. Well, it doesn't matter whether he knows she's 12 years old. Mm-hmm. What the safe harbor law also does is that I was saying to you that if someone is under the age of 18 years old, um, they are no longer considered to be child prostitutes and they're not arrested. Mm-hmm. Um, under that Victims Protection um, Act, they are automatically considered victims of human trafficking, mm-hmm. those that are under the age and, of 18. And I want to point that out to me that is something that people don't that we we're quick to blame a child whose mental Mm -hmm. development has not even gotten to the point where they can understand many of the decisions that they make a good example of that is right now they're airing um i guess season two or part two of uh, r kelly's uh surviving r kelly for example and what I con- what we constantly hear is how these young girls at ages 13, 14, 15, 16 were being um, are being accused of well, they knew what they were doing. They just went in there. They just wanted to get famous. These are girls who have not developed yet mentally. They don't know all the decisions that they make. Do you believe that that's one of the, the intent of, of that law to be able to protect young folks, like you said, from being charged so that they you know, based on the fact that they may not even be mature enough to make uh, appropriate adult decisions. Yeah, and, and, you know, because what it is, it becomes victim-blaming. And I can tell you, again, with us dealing with the adults, I 80, when we do intakes, uh, mm-hmm. one of the questions in the intake deals with um, molestation and incest. Mm-hmm. 80 to 90% of those adults that step through our door have been uh, molested, um, as minors. Mm, wow. And it goes back again to those studies that I was referring to mm-hmm. and the question um, that your, um, your, your caller asked. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there, there's, there's a connection. These 
young men and 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 women have you know that type of baggage unfortunately mm-hmm. which is what makes them vulnerable to um um uh, human trafficking. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I just, if I could just give you one quick example of a survivor sure. who talked about how she was running away from home at the age of 12, 13 years old, and she was running away because she was being molested by her stepfather. She was in front of a, a fast food restaurant crying. People walked right past her and didn't ask her what was wrong. The person who later became a pimp stopped, asked her what was wrong, and he told her all the ways that he could help her. And, of course, he ends up turning her out, mm-hmm. and uh, she ends up making money for him. Because minors make more money on the street than the, um, than the uh, adults do. Wow. So there's money involved in this. Well, I, I remember the show, um, I forgot what channel, but uh, To Catch a Predator, um, that they always showed, you know, these, particularly men, which, and I think there are certain stereotypes about um, who's actually doing the trafficking and and you you made a point earlier that it's you know anyone can be trafficked both men and women it's not just something that women are, are, are victims of but you have male victims um as well now i am my 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 goal and responsibility as an artist is to find ways that i can use music to help change this dynamic and i've already begun writing a song um to t- uh, specifically for children to teach them about um, their body. Many times I find that parents don't want to tell their children the actual terms for their body. They'll use some 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 terms so that they won't say what, you know, um, uh, I don't know what I can and cannot say here on this station. But uh, but I think children need to know and understand their body and know that no, no one is supposed to be touching their body in certain places. Um, do you in your training um, or are you familiar with any type of training that helps parents and children understand uh, issues of body awareness and understanding of um, what is appropriate touching and language and that type of thing? And there are some songs um, that I have heard of that are out there, but they are kind of more into a, a more like a, a nursery rhyme type of thing, okay. which then may hit one population, right? Mm-hmm. But, you know, a lot of, you know, our kids are listening to rap music, so mm-hmm. something that would be probably more in a rhythm that they're yes, used to, exactly. they probably would lack you know, latch on to. Right. Also, there is a curriculum out there. Mm-hmm. Um, in California, it's AB 1227, mm-hmm. um, and which that states that uh, human trafficking prevention has to be taught in um, high, middle and high schools mm. at least once. So there's curriculum um, that's out there. Is that a national there's, law? There, okay, so right now they're working on a national law mm-hmm. <clears throat> that takes it even further. Okay. where human trafficking prevention will be taught from K through 12. And so that's where I believe would be great for you to be able to plug in there because if curriculum was, you know, um, that is being made also included mm-hmm. music, mm-hmm. I think that would be fabulous. Well, see, there are a lot of artists just like me who don't get on Disney, don't get on the main popular children's sites, and which is why I started I Am We Nation Radio to give us a platform. And we're playing music that children, uh, black children, children of color generally listen to. We'll, we'll do children's music that's not your nursery rhymes. We're doing hip-hop, we're doing jazz, we're doing DC Go-Go, we're doing reggae. You can hear it all there. And we're, we're dealing and tackling some very difficult 
topics that need to be addressed. So I appreciate that um, that that advice, and I'm going to I'm asking my artist friends that are listening. Um, you know, I may be reaching out to you. We need we may need to do a, a compilation CD uh, on on, on se- sex trafficking and um, uh, and, and focus and, you know in on these issues. So you talked about curriculum. Now you have a curriculum uh, that you designed uh, to help with this. Is that correct? Yes, I did. When um, I found out that there was going to be uh, this law coming through in California, um, given that I um, was a school teacher for so long, um, I came up with a curriculum that, that is for prevention. It can be found on Amazon. It's what it is. is it's a workbook. Mm-hmm. And anybody can use a workbook. It's designed for schools, however youth groups can use it, mm-hmm. or that person that might want to have this conversation of of human trafficking. It is designed for um, uh, middle to high school. It is called My Choice, My Body, My Rules. It's a workbook in prevention. Um, and what it does, it not only talks about uh, prevention of human trafficking, but it talks about setting up boundaries and healthy boundaries, um, not only as it pertains to um, to, to sex, but mm-hmm. just as a person and affirming you know yourself as a person, not having to um, be coerced into doing things that you don't want to do because you have the self-esteem. So this workbook is really based around the idea of self-esteem. Another aspect of it is that it has uh, a component in there for young kids that want to get involved in the advocacy of prevention for human trafficking and safe ways safe and um, age-appropriate ways to do that, like, one, writing to, um, you know, uh, your uh, um, local politicians Mm -hmm. to ensure that uh, things like safe harbor laws are being instituted in their state. Now, if someone wanted to get a copy of that, how can they do that? And also, how can someone reach Journey Out? Okay, so Journey Out, um, our number there is um, 818-988. Four nine seven zero. If you want to reach out to me, um, my email address is Stephanie S T E P H A N Y dot Powell P O W E L L at journeyout dot org. Okay. My book can be found on Amazon dot com. And what's the name my of the choice, book again? My body, my rules. Oh, say, say it again. My choice, my body, my rules. Okay, and give your telephone number once again. It's going to be 818-988-4970. So what type of agencies do you work with? Oh, we work very closely with um, law enforcement. Uh, We work with um, Department of Children's Services. uh, And we work very closely, because I think this is very important, in collaboration with other uh, human trafficking organizations, not only in Los Angeles, but nationwide. Okay. There's a great... Oh, and also, I'm sorry, also with our city attorney and district attorney's office. Okay, wonderful. Now, I know um, uh, one of our uh, callers, uh, well, not the callers, uh, on, online had posted some information about this, uh, but is there a mental health support or counseling for your staff? Yes, so where we, uh, and, and I'm glad they, they, they mentioned that, mm-hmm. For us at Journey Out, and I believe also, and this is not unique to us, but also uh, human trafficking organizations as well, 
counseling is the main foundation of what we stand on. Because I can get you that trip back home. I can get you clothes and even find you a place to live. If I don't unpack all of that trauma Mm -hmm. that you have dealt with, not only while you were being trafficked, but before you even got there, Mm-hmm. then none of that is going to be sustainable. That's right. Absolutely. So that, that I'm, I'm glad they, they brought that up. And, and one last thing I, I wanted to add to this, too, mm-hmm. is the college population. Okay. So we, we are got, We got running, two minutes. You can... What is, but, but, say we got two minutes before we take another break. Go ahead. Oh, when, so traffickers through social media are hitting up college-age girls. They may hit them up on social media. They may also hit them up at parties. So... College age girls are also getting lured into human sex trafficking. Mm, wow! They run that danger. Well, you had mentioned um, uh, you had mentioned about um, the curriculum and trying to make it a national uh, requirement. Um, who can I call as contact to try to help push this out? Is there uh, is anyone anyone particularly sponsoring that bill? If you give me a call. Mm-hmm. Um, if somebody can email me and I'll also send it to you mm-hmm. um, because I, I have it in my desk at work. Okay, okay. Um, but yes, it is. And in fact, I will be in Washington mm-hmm. um, to be able to talk to um, people about that bill and, and in the hopes that it does go go through. But I will, I will send you that information. Okay. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I want to focus on an article uh, that was uh, in a newspaper in Cincinnati that focused on the statistics about who's getting arrested as uh, uh, the, the, uh, dealing with sex trafficking. You're listening to The Uncle Devin Show here on uh, WOL, 1450 AM. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back. This is Uncle Devin, the children's drum cushionist, and you're listening to Uncle Devin's talk show uh, where we focus on providing uh, appropriate age and uh, really educating parents and teachers and guardians about the importance that music and arts plays in the child's development and what you can do to take back control of your children's music listening experience. Uh, if you want to join the call on this in this last uh, um, 15 minutes, give us a call at one 800 Four five zero seven eight seven six. That's one eight hundred four five zero seven eight seven six. My guest is Dr. Uh, Stephanie Powell. She's the executive director of uh, a nonprofit called Journey Out, and we were just about to talk a little bit um, uh, about an article that you made me aware of, and I've had a chance to read it, and I'm trying to pull it back up again. I, I have it right here, and it it, it provided some very um, uh, I guess so- sobering statistics, but uh, it, it's not unlike what we may have, but it was an article that was in the voice of black Cincinnati. And the article was called African-American human trafficking numbers will astound you. Um, can you talk a little bit about that and break that down for us? What does it really mean for, and I'll just say, for example, I'll just take the first three lines. It says 62% of human trafficking suspects are African-American. Let me repeat that. 62%. While we still represent 13, 12, 13 percent of the population, it says that 62 percent of the human trafficking suspects are African-American. Fifty two percent of all juvenile prostitute 
prostitution arrests are African-Americans and 40 percent of victims of human trafficking are African-Americans. What does this really mean, Dr. Powell? So when you look at those statistics, and that's why, um, you know, and we talked about this uh, yesterday, is that when someone looks at it, they may say, okay, well, this only affects the African-American community. No, it doesn't only affect the African-American community. What happens is because um, when let's talk about how the sources of, of, of statistics. And so I'm always very careful when I give statistical data that there has to be an explanation that goes along with it. Mm-hmm. The way that we know about these statistics are usually going to be based off of arrest reports um, or crime reports, right? Mm-hmm. And so if someone does not go into the system, then the box isn't checked and they don't become a statistic. Okay. Uh, I know, for instance, when I was a vice sergeant, it was a lot easier for me to, especially with, with law enforcement, you're, you're driven by um, statistics. How many arrests are you making? Well, if it's easier for me to make an arrest off the street than it is for me to set up a whole sting of, um, uh, off of uh, Craigslist or, mm-hmm. you know, one of the other um, um, uh, mm-hmm. periodicals out there. Um, it, 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 it's easier for me to get it off the street. Right. Well, guess who's on the street? Who's on the street are people of color. So it's, it's an easy in terms of the arrest. Mm-hmm. Also, when we talk about um, arrest, arrest is, when you think about it, it's the end result of other problems that are happening with our systems, marginalization, poverty, poor school systems, all of those things. Right. I, I, and so when I saw that statistic um, in that paper out of Cincinnati, I know that the human trafficking community has done a great job in terms of preventing our girls from becoming victims of human trafficking, and and in some cases our boys. Mm -hmm. We need prevention to keep our boys from becoming the trafficker. Mm -hmm. That's right. And so that's the thing that stuck out most to me, um, because we know that there are traffickers out there that are not Mm African-American. Unfortunately, those are the ones that are getting arrested. And so therefore those are the ones that become the statistic. Absolutely. And you know, one of the, uh, another uh, viewer from my Facebook posts um, said that he took his four year old to a party uh, this weekend and he was truly shocked to see uh, that it was more like an, a young adult party with small children. And he remember um, uh, only one song that may have been child related and the connection to what you were just saying is that right now we have, I mean, all the different entities in the, in the black community uh, that own the media, whether it's television, radio, none, none have any children's programming. And so, Greg, that's the problem that we have. And that's why I'm doing what I'm doing and why I've, I've, I've committed really my life at this point to change that dynamic. Because if not, then our children are listening to the same music that's sexual driven and, and drug driven that will feed this system of sex trafficking that we're dealing with to this day. And so um, that's why I'm glad to have Dr. Powell on and organizations like journey to talk about a uh, journey out to talk about um, the wonderful work that they're doing. And, and so if someone wants to uh, support journey out or wants to um, uh, even be a part, how can they do that? So I would drive them to our website, www.journeyout.org. And the reason
reason why is because, like all nonprofits, mm-hmm. um, we are always um, looking for funding. And, and let me say this, even though you're in Washington, mm-hmm. uh, we will sometimes get victims that are um, from other states as well. Right. So we will not turn someone away because they are um, not in the Los Angeles area. Mm-hmm. It just happens to be that's who we get. Okay. So um, your, your donation not only goes toward a, a, a victim of human trafficking, but it also goes toward our um, intervention and prevention programming as well, okay. as well as getting um, victims back home. Okay. Now, there's a great blog on your site called The Art of Fighting Slavery. Uh, Can you speak to our audience on the role that the arts have played in your mission and outreach? Well, you know, and and it goes back to what what you were saying, right, Mm -hmm. in terms of how um, music and the way society is set up and and normalizing uh, human trafficking, or I'm sure say in normalizing, yeah, human trafficking. Because if you look at some of the um, music and the words mm-hmm. that are in the music, it's also the words of the life. Yes, and yes. so it becomes uh, normalized. So what it does is it just helps to open up the idea of of, of trafficking. And one thing I was going to tell you as you were talking, because I, I do this in a um, in, in a workshop in which I asked, what was the first anti-human trafficking song? Hmm. What it was was Olivia. If you remember the, the, the song Olivia by The Whispers. Yeah. i got to go back and look, look at that. So pull up, pull up the words to the song because it says Olivia, a slave, got distracted on her way to grandmother's house. Mm. It spells out human trafficking, and it talks about the need of of um, of having high self esteem and not needing to be out there selling your body. Mm. Okay, I never <laughs> knew that. Thank you for sharing that. In fact, I remember a song by Diane Reeves. I don't know if she made it or just uh, resung it, and it was called Josie, the Preacher's Daughter. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. and right. and that song spoke about. Um, Someone, you know, she thought she was in love and the guy really was, um, you know, pretty much manipulated her and then pimped her out. And it was it was a beautiful song. And, of course, done in, in only the way that Diane can do or Miss Reeds can do. Uh, that was great. Um, so make sure you, you gave the website um, and I, I, I you do lectures and speaking engagements and stuff like that. If someone wants to book you for um, a workshop or a lecture, uh, what's the best way for them to do that? So they can contact me at um, my um, email address of Stephanie with a Y mm-hmm. dot Powell at journeyout.org. Okay. And then we have a few more minutes left. Talk about your drop-in center program. Oh, great. Thank you. So we have a, uh, a drop-in center, and the drop-in center is not too far from the, um, from the closest prostitution track in the San Fernando Valley. Mm-hmm. Um, um, men or women, whoever, can come in there. They can relax. We have all types of hygiene products. We have food there. We have um, clothing there. Um, and every all of our services, I wanted to say, and thanks to donations, all of our services are free um, to our clients that come in. We also have counseling there as well, as well as our empowerment groups. And I wanted to say also, um, our empowerment groups are out of the, uh, out of our drop-in center. Mm -hmm. And, um, uh, 
they do not have to be court-directed. Anybody can be part of our um, empowerment groups. We have a location in um, San Fernando Valley of Los Angeles and also South Central L.A., um, as well. Okay. Wow. That's that's wonderful. And I, again, you're listening to Dr. Stephanie Powell. Uh, she's the executive director of Journey Out, based in um, Los Angeles. And uh, I just want to commend you for the wonderful work that you and your organization uh, are doing. I know it's not just a one-person act, and I know you have some wonderful staff that are there. Um, I want to encourage you to continue to move forward. Um, to uh, you know, sometimes we may not see. Uh, the impact, but there's truly an impact that that you all are making. And I just want to say that I'm going to be reaching out to you as I uh, put together my song uh, that is specifically for children with with a with a beat that they can relate to uh, to talk about this issue, to get some advice, to let you you know, you can let me know whether or not you think it's it's, it's appropriate or not appropriate, but something that's on my heart to do. So thank you very much for taking some time and speaking with us. Once again, give your contact information before we go. Okay, so I can be reached at Stephanie, S-T-E-P-H-A-N-Y dot Powell, P-O-W-E-L-L, at journeyout.org, or 818-988-4970. Well, thank you very much again for being here. And any of the contact information, you can go to The Uncle Devin Show on Facebook, uh, underneath this video link. We have all the information that we talked about. You can also reach me on Twitter, Instagram, uh, go to my YouTube page. And we need to... We can change these things. So thank you very much. Thank you, listening audience, for taking the time. And uh, let's make a difference and change things. And remember that life is a drum. So beat it. Mm -hmm.